Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Comics Experience Make Comics podcast, the show where we talk about the nuts and bolts of making comics. My name is Joey Grow, and I am once again joined by the traveling no more Andy Schmidt. Hello, Andy. How's it going? It's it's going okay. Uh, you just traveled to New York Comic Con a couple weeks ago. I just did my first location based travel in about two years for for a client and went through. I went through seven states. I worked in three states, and it was very different. You went to uh, New York for New York Comic Con and stayed there for a couple days, which is also very different from what I've done. You know, we were talking before we started rolling that we were doing some COVID related updates, uh, the last couple of years, just based on what creators were experiencing ways that folks might change how they generated revenue, different initiatives that comics experience had taken on. But outside of, I think you went to awesome con, which is, you know, a, a great convention, but a, a bit smaller than New York comic con. I don't really know a lot of people that have traveled to comic cons because there's not really been that many conventions going on so this to me was like the big one and you went as well as friends of the show and and acquaintances and and friends in general so you know we thought this episode would be good to talk about what you saw what you experienced what creators might have to look forward to or or might have experienced and you know it, it it sounds like it was a pretty good trip overall despite having you know, the COVID-related uh, impact and, and potentially COVID-related anxieties as well as uh, economic impacts. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, uh, you know, cost-benefit analysis. Sure. Like every, every like life. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to kind of let people know, like, you know, in my decision-making process to go or not, you know, I am vac- fully vaccinated. Um my wife is my my eldest son is, but my youngest is not because he's not old enough. Um, so my concern is really in what am I bringing back home to him? Well, that's not my only concern. But sure, that's, sure, that's a big one. Right. Plus, with Delta, it's a you know it's a it's a pretty good breakthrough uh, rate right. on there. Um, you know, if you're vaccinated. Um, then if you are getting the Delta variant, it tends not to be super serious. Um, You know, very, 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 very few fatalities with with people that have been vaccinated already. So I'm not so worried about that, but I don't want to get sick at all. I certainly don't want to get really sick. And I'm I'm pretty opposed to dying. Um, And all of those thoughts are going through your head um, and like all of the time, uh, it's, yeah, it's weird and it is anxiety inducing. So I took a lot of precautions, you know, beyond just wearing a mask and whatnot. And, but the show did too. So sure. I don't know how I feel about their decision to go ahead and have it. Um, huh. on the other hand, they did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so if it was going to happen and I needed to sort of see for business reasons, if it made sense, um, I wanted to take my precautions and they took precautions, but aisles were wider. You had to show proof of vaccination to get in. Um, you had to stay masked the whole time. And one thing I found in New York in general is that, you know, masks were abundant. You know, I rode the subway, um, everyone on the subway was wearing a mask. Um, it was, I, I think maybe I saw three people the entire five days I was there um that weren't wow you mean out and, out and about in New York 
On the subway. On the subway. So if, gotcha. if you're walking outside, people weren't wearing masks because they were outside. Well, a lot of people were wearing masks. Gotcha. Still, sure. But, but more people outside were not. But as soon as they would walk up to a, you know, you had to show your vaccination card to get into most restaurants. Maybe all restaurants. I don't. I don't know if that was a New York policy or not. Uh, fortunately, I had it with me. Um, I did not know about that policy. Um, you know, but I actually minimized the amount of you know going out to eat or going sure. out for drinks or whatever that, that we did. You know, so I took a lot of precautions myself, constant hand sanitizer, that kind of thing, changing my mask often, um, and that helped. You know, make it uh, less. Uh, anxiety inducing that said you know uh, i do have a history of anxiety and, and panic attacks um and you know i uh i felt the the very beginnings of one coming on at one point i think it was just kind of everything right i haven't really been out in public in a long time so i think just uh-huh. and i'm an introvert by nature and don't really like large crowds to begin with um so this was all pretty overwhelming i think yeah um like like on a subconscious level like i was fine walking around but like sort of i think the back of my head was kind of going this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel right sure um and so i kind of felt what i think was probably a a panic attack that was kind of growing um and i walked out of the crowd and the crowds were pretty spread out it was not it was at no point was I ever shoulder to shoulder with people. Yeah. Um, but I walked, you know, out into a, you know, a, a much clearer area, you know, did my breathing exercises and stuff, got that, got that kind of out of my system. And I only had two more meetings um, scheduled for that day. And they were, they were pretty soon from there. So I did those two meetings. I was intending that, that late afternoon to, to go down to artist alley and spend a couple hours down there. Uh, probably about three hours. Um, uh, uh, down at Artist Alley, and then I just I just decided that it would probably be in my best interest not to do that. So sure. I left the con that day. You know, I think around three o'clock uh, in the afternoon, maybe it was three thirty, and uh, just went somewhere else where I could just kind of relax, chill. And then I didn't really have any other problems like that after that. But you know, um, you know, I'm not going to lie and say I, I have major anxiety. I don't. I'm not even sure I would qualify what I have had as medium level anxiety, but I have some heightened anxiety and have had panic attacks in the, in the past. Um, well, yeah. It's, so it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I think taking that time for me, get away, relax, whatever, probably, you know, made the rest of the show the other two days after that, I was there much more pleasant for me. Um, just sometimes you just got to kind of take care of yourself. And that's kind of what that, that day was about. And and there have been other shows, uh, obviously, that have happened. And when I've seen folks cancel and announce it on social media, it has been primarily for the reasons that, you know, you're talking about. Maybe there's a, a medical emergency unrelated to, to COVID, but a lot of it is COVID-related travel, having immunocompromised folks in their whole household, having children who are unvaccinated. Right. And, you know, with that, I think does come that kind of, low level hum back of your head psychic kind of uh, yeah, it builds back there that that exists and and in those moments where you're like what am i doing you know that is when it can come to the surface and i think conventions in general we were talking before hitting record when i figured out that i could plan my conventions differently and and really treat it like what are the things i'm trying to accomplish you know i, I can't have the 
you know, the 50 item list. I need to have a couple items. What is it going to be? Is it going to panels? Is it connecting with editors? Is it connecting with the creators? Okay, great. Map that out for however many days I'm going to be there and then block out some time that's just walking around and block out some time that I'm going to physically leave that building and go two blocks away and have lunch or, you know, find a street yeah. vendor or catch up with you outside the convention. Because that to me was like the big game changer. And, you know, I'm sure I could get into a similar place where I'd have that level of like, oh, this is overwhelming. What am I doing here? The travel I did for work, um, you know, where we were out for four days filming in, in three different states. You know, there was an amount of like, well, we're on the road for seven hours. <sighs> you know, when, <laughs> that's when all those right. thoughts can roll in. And, you're, you know, you check in your hotel at, at 1230 at night and you're getting up at 630 to, to get rolling. And, you know, that that can just get you some that that can just lead to some some alleys you don't want to go down in your brain uh you know regardless i think of a pandemic so the mental health aspect and you know knowing who you are and what you need and and how to manage that uh obviously that comes yeah. with time and experience well, I think the, the other thing that, that you had mentioned is that uh you know now i'm in my 40s and i'm more aware of that about myself than i was in my 20s and i don't just railroad things <laughs> through anymore i mean you know i in my 20s i could wake up severely hungover and still make it through a convention day and uh you know i can't do that anymore right 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 <laughs> the reason i don't tend to take a whole lot of conventions uh there are multiple reasons but that's you know certainly one of them so um but yeah but exactly what you were saying i went into this with sort of a limited you know high priority i had three things that I was going to really try to accomplish. And I focused on those things. I did a few others um, because I was able to, you know, I met with some more friends and stuff and that was great. Um, but, uh, uh, but my three focuses were on, you know, the, the three panels that I was, on. I, I, I was the host or moderator of two of them. And then I was on a third one. So those were, you know, and those are always good for sort of promoting comics experience and, you know, and, and a little bit CEX, the publishing um, uh, company. And then I was focused on business meetings. Most of them were CEX related. So most of them were, were to enhance the publishing business. Mm. And then the third thing was meeting creators. Um, again, for the publishing business, I wanted to go down. I wanted to sort of reconnect with people that I haven't seen in two years. Sure. Um, see what else is new that's out there talk to folks about what CX publishing is, what we're about, what our deal points are like, why working with us is going to be super cool. Um, you know, I bought a whole bunch of stuff. I, I bought so many cool looking comics <laughs> on one, on one day I spent like four hours in artist alley. I bought so much stuff. Uh, and then my water bottle and my bag exploded. You know, oh no. All disintegrated when I got, back to where I was staying that evening, like, like, oh, disintegrated, no. like, like falling apart on completely. I'm not like put this on a drying rack for two weeks Ugh. and it'll be all right. But wrinkly like, legitimately, legitimately destroyed. And so I went back the next day and, and, uh, and, and yeah, pretty much rebought everything which was painful, but it was nice to see everybody again. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh that was, that was kind of unfun. But, um, but that was it, you know, and that was my goal. So I blocked off, like, when am I going to go to artist alley? Uh, you know, the panels are scheduled by the, by the show. So that was pretty easy. 
you know, I just had to make sure I made it on time. Um, you know, and, and I can design the presentations and all the, you know, I reconnect with all the panels and just confirm they were going to be able to make it. Um, and then the business meetings, the big business meetings for the publishing, you know, stuff with, you know, distributors and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, the businessy stuff, the big stuff. Yeah. I uh, set all those up ahead of time. So I knew going to the show, those were all on my schedule. So, so a lot of the work was done prior to the show in terms of scheduling and making sure I could fit it all in. And then it was just going and doing it and being safe uh, doing it. And all of the business meetings for the for CEX publishing went very well. Great. I'm really, really happy with how those went. Um, I don't really want to talk about them just yet, but, um, you know, because, you know, you don't close a deal at a show, right? What you do is you get, hopefully, you know, there are different, there's sort of different milestones you can hit, but, um, but I got to the point, we got to the point, because it wasn't just me, Don Alamanga was in um, all of those meetings with me. He's our publishing director. Um, and, you know, we got we got pretty, like we came away with like, this looks like, I think we can confidently say this is gonna move forward and should 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 happen. And, and they all of those are things that are gonna not just help one project, they'll help all projects. Great. Right, so, so that was great. Um, uh, but one of the biggest differences for the show was just the publishers that were there and the publishers that weren't. There was no Marvel. There was no DC. There was no Image. There was no Dark Horse. There was no IDW. There was no Boom. There was no Dynamite. There was no Valiant. Those eight publishers represent the bulk of the major um, you know, kind of iconic or really recognizable characters. Everything from the, your, your major superheroes on by Marvel and DC to most of your, you know, licensed characters or, or you know, popular, you know, really popular indie characters. Yeah, your big, um, your big direct market companies. Yeah, so uh, there was no Action Lab. Um, but so the, the publishers that were there, I think the three largest publishers that were there were SourcePoint Press, uh, um, Aftershock and um, Scout Comics and then Behemoth was there um, Mad Cave was there uh, and they've been growing and Behemoth is fairly new but they've been they've been doing well I don't think Vault was there if they were I did not see them Z2 Comics was there they do uh, if you're not familiar with them they do all sort of like the they're all their graphic novels are really in the music industry. So they're not like I don't know that they sell huge through, you know, direct comic store chains, but they do a they do a hefty, hefty book uh, business. Um, they've been up, they've been they've been making uh, a lot of noise lately and they're they're, they're cool, they do a lot of cool stuff. Um, so it was just, you know, but what that what that allowed was for some of the publishers that have been kind of struggling to get more floor space. That sure. Meant there's a lot more floor space available. So some of these publishers that knew just because of the size of the footprint and what they could get at, at a show like that, they look massive. Yeah. <laughs> now, because they actually are big enough to fill larger space, you know. But once a show like New York Comic Con gets rolling, like everybody gets to say, I'll take my same floor plan, I'll take my same floor spot, I'll take my same <laughs> over and over again. When all these publishers wind up not showing up one year, all these other ones get to expand. 
Um, and so that was super cool. Like the Aftershock booth was was popping. The SourcePoint Press booth always had a crowd. You know, pretty much all of those booths had constant traffic stopping and 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 talking. Like I, like I don't think I didn't go by any of those booths and not see uh, not see act, you know strong activity. So that was really encouraging. Um, and I think it it made it a more comic centric show because you know a lot of people are going to that show to go to Marvel and DC because they love the movies and the TV shows. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it changes sort of the tenor of the show. I mean, there was a ton of interest in, in comics, and you saw that in Artist Alley as well. Like people in Artist Alley were were there to see what was new, what was coming out, who was working on what. Like there was a lot going on and it was a lot of creators interacting with each other too so but it was a very very different show right i mean like i said i was never shoulder to shoulder with anybody so the the aisles were wider than they have been in the past significantly which helps spread people out because naturally you just you do just sort of naturally spread out when there's more room um i don't know what the attendance numbers were i did i didn't that's probably you can probably look it up online but um but it, it well, that's more pleasant. I don't really like walking shoulder to shoulder, bumping into everyone, uh-huh. uh, or tripping over the occasional stroller, which I do occasionally on accident every time. Um, you know, uh, so it was just it was just a really it was different. It was a different show. It was still a really big show. There was a ton going on, uh, but it was different. And the panels were were I thought pretty well attended. Um, you know, I don't think we had any like blowout attendance that I saw, but the panel rooms we were in were larger because they built a new building. Wow. So again, the panel rooms are bigger. So hard to say if there was the same or more or less people in them. But we did a panel on on making a business case for more diversity and kind of we've talked about this before, diversity of genre, diversity of the types of characters that or the characters that we're telling stories about as an industry and diversity in terms of the creators who are telling stories. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the panel is really making a business case. And then during a Q and a with everybody on the panel, you know, we can really discuss like, okay, what does this mean? Like, what does this come down to? What are the best practices either from a publisher side or from a creator side or what, you know, or, or how do you approach material of this nature? You know, so that was really, that was really good. That was really great. Um, and we uh, we did a panel on on pitching, how to craft a perfect pitch, and that was really fun. We had, you know, Philip Kennedy Johnson was on there, Stephanie Phillips was on there, Bond was on there because he's seen more more pitches uh, than anyone. Jamal Igel was on there. On the diversity one, we had Jamal and Bond both again. Um, we had Sue Lee, um, and we had uh, Melissa Capriglione. Um, on there and so that one was really good a lot, a lot of really good discussions and a lot of different experiences right jamal's been in the industry forever sure and then you know and you know melissa's you know breaking it now her first book is coming out in june uh from dark horse so you know there's a widespread of experiences widespread of you know different points of view so those were great and then the third panel i was on was a was about contracts i was on a i was on i was in a a, uh, it was really a, a class, like the, it was for attorneys. It was a room full of attorneys um, listening to me talk, which feels funny. <laughs> but, you know, I'm an independent publisher and I'm an uh-huh. independent printer, so I I 
seemed qualified to the attorneys up on stage with me. <laughs> uh, and it, it was it was really quite funny. It kind of became a running joke on there because they would ask like, okay, so as a publisher, what, what does your contract say about this? And I'm like, well, largely because I'm also a creator. I created a publishing contract that I as a creator would want. So my contract does this. And they would be like, well, that's awesome. But most publishers don't do that. They try to screw you, and here's how. But it's nice that you don't do that, right? So they just started referring to me as the unicorn on that panel, which was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but also kind of good. Like, it's, it was one of those things, like, I don't know how many, you know, until people actually start to see the contract, and, and some of the attorneys had actually seen our contract. But until you actually start hearing from multiple attorneys that your contract is actually quite good for their clients, you don't, you never really know. So, um so that was really nice. And then throughout the weekend, that was on Thursday. So throughout the weekend, I had, um, you know, I kept running into these attorneys that were like, yeah, you know, you want to talk to so-and-so. You know, you sound like somebody that you know, our clients would want to be in business with. So that was not a panel I expected to be very helpful, like in terms of, you know, furthering any of my businesses or my, my writing or whatever. But I think wound up actually being kind of good because if, if CEX winds up getting a reputation amongst attorneys that are in the comic space uh, of being a good contract, that's going to be real helpful. <laughs> you know, that'll be really good. So, you know, it's always funny how you go to a show and there's always one or two or even three things that you don't either you don't see coming or you don't think will be anything of importance. And then they kind of wind up being, you know, more beneficial than you realize. Um, so it's always so that still held true on this show, even with all of the changes and without all those other publishers there. Yeah. Well, with all that in mind and the uh, lack of larger publishers, did you get a sense or did you get any kind of anecdotal conversations from folks about how their show was doing for them? I, I realize there's a number of factors that go into hey, my show was great. It could have been placement. It could have been the, right. the talent. It could have been, you know, any number of things. It was great foot traffic because there were so many people. Hey, there were less people. So they had more time to browse and I could actually make sales by saying, hey, this is what my book about is about. And did you get any kind of sense of what was going on? Yeah, there was a lot of that conversation, especially in Artist Alley. Um, and in Artist Alley, the consensus seemed to be people were enjoying it more. Because it wasn't uh, like a stamp, <laughs> stampede, um, and they were able to have more conversations. But that probably sales were probably about what they would have expected on a on a different year, on a pre-pandemic year. Interesting. Um, I, I don't think I had anybody say like this was like a total bust for them. Some people said it was actually significantly better for them, and then other people said it was about the same. So you know that sort of again very very anecdotally, but like sure. it sounds like it was probably about the same as it was but you know um but everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves more i think because it wasn't quite as crowded um and they were able to, to have more you know sort of you know i don't know longer or more meaningful or whatever you know types of conversations and probably had you know some times where they could get off their feet um a little bit because that can be really grueling if you're standing all the time on a sure. concrete floor um um you know, as for the publishers themselves, I don't really have any idea. Like I said, every time I would walk by any of the publishers, it seemed like it seemed like commerce was in progress, but I didn't actually, you know, talk to anybody you know, specifically about how their sales were doing. Right, right. 
But it sounds like it, uh, at least it wasn't folks saying like, I can't believe there's there's nobody buying or there's nobody interacting. It sounds like it, at the very least anecdotally, uh, it wasn't a loss in that sense, which, you know, sometimes I think folks come away not to, uh, you hear horror stories. I think everybody's probably got one for whatever reason, but it sounds like for the most part, it was generally positive, which is great to hear. Yeah. And I don't know, I, you know, I didn't talk to that many fans about you know, what their con, Comic-Con experience was like. But, um, you know, also, again, sort of the impression I got was that the fans were still having a good time. Um, you know, I certainly, I didn't overhear anybody complaining that those publishers weren't there, um, you know, or surprised. You know, my guess is that if you paid, you know, as much money as those tickets cost, you probably did the research to know who was going to be there, at least right. to some degree. Um, you know, so it seemed like, you know, for, for the most part, the people that were going as fans seemed to be enjoying it too. Now you might hop on the internet and find out that the internet disagrees with me. But um, sure. but again, that was sort of my anecdotal impressions um, about sort of the, the fan experience as well. Um, and again, I think that might be because you may have had, you may have met fewer people that you wanted to meet, but you might've been able to chat with them a, a little bit longer, you know, and have, you know, a, an actual conversation. Yeah, and, feeling like you get you should get out of the way so that you know the next person can get the book signed or buy something. Or I hesitate to say quality because I think you can have quality interactions that are very short, but a lot of times you yeah. can get a little bit more in depth and and have those uh, that it's not just transactional. Like, hey, it's great to meet you. Give me your card so I can contact you later. Oh, let's connect on email me. You can have a little bit more of a substantial back and forth, whatever it is, if it's meeting with editors or collaborators or selling to readers. Right. Do you have a sense, uh, and let me ask, uh, I should have double-checked before we started, are you you're doing Baltimore or you're not doing Baltimore Comic Con? I am not doing Baltimore. I will, I think I'll be a C2E2, which is in December. That's what I, I was thinking, C2E2 was still in December, but I think that's wrong. Uh, no, I think it's in December. Oh, so you are going to see 2E2 this December? This December, yeah. But I'm not going to Baltimore next weekend. Gotcha. Okay, great. So C2E2 will be in December, so that'll be more travel to Chicago. You know, I don't know what the lineup is like at C2E2. I'll be curious how that shakes out, too. And if you'll find a, yeah. you know, a similar experience and maybe something has to do with the physical location. Uh, obviously, you know, they're they're not in the same spot. Uh, New York and Chicago, but uh, yeah, has this impacted how you're thinking about doing C2E2 or maybe you haven't had time to do a postmortem on what you experienced? I haven't done the full postmortem yet. Um, I am, so my brother lives uh, just outside of Chicago. Um, So I'm thinking that I will probably be at that show even less in terms of time spent at the show. And and yeah, be kind of catching up with him and his family um but i'll be at the show and i'll be taking precautions and i'll you know have meetings and stuff but i, I probably won't do as much browsing gotcha a little, little more directed maybe and a little more directed and try and have more meetings outside of the general flow of people because i typically i stay with my brother so i don't want to be very good at anything uh you know, dangerous to his house. Right. Well, especially those waterlogged uh, books that you unfortunately had 
right? It's Sounds... exploding books. So this was terrible. All right. So so when that thing exploded in my backpack, I did not realize it. Oh no. Backpack. So I think they were just like sloshing around on my books for like hours or whatever. But when I sat down on the subway and had my backpack on still, it drained Ugh. onto the seat. And so there I am on a New York public subway and things are getting wet. Uh, and I don't know what it is. Like, I didn't know that was from my bag. I thought I just sat in some yeah. liquid substance. Uh, and I was thoroughly disgusted by all of the things that went through my head that that could have been. Oh, boy. <laughs> but so I was actually, I was very disappointed to see qu- quite a lot of money that I had just spent um, go to waste. But I was also fairly relieved to know that it was just my water yep yep that that is a good that's not a good trade-off but it, uh, if there's a silver lining at least it's that right. yeah, yeah well i hope c2e2 is uh less less water damaged and less waterlogged because those are yeah. those are never fun when it comes to any kind of books but especially comics right just a whole whole different thing with um uh, kind of wrapping up, I don't know if you have any parting thoughts that you, you haven't talked about yet uh, before any kind of updates um, related to comics experience. Uh, yeah, so October the 20th, um, uh, it, which I think might be tomorrow when you're listening to this, if you download it the day it comes out, um, we've got Stud in the Bloodblade number two, which got held up with some shipping delays. Uh, that will be on sale on October the 20th, as will Howling Snow, our first uh, our first one shot. Uh, so those those will be on sale then, and then um, and then Stud and the Bloodblade number three and Space Corps number one will be the out not the following week, but they'll be the next two books to come out. Nice. Uh, so yeah, so that that's a good update. Um, shipping things are moving; they're just moving slowly. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, courses at Comics Experience are open for enrollment. Um, a lot of the, the core classes. So if you're looking to, to get your education on, then certainly go to the website. I think it's Intro to Comics Writing, Intro to Comics Coloring, Intro to Comics Art. I think all of those are open. Um, you know, so a lot of good, lot of good stuff uh, there. And I, I mean, I didn't even mention that, but at the show i just i ran into so many alumni it was it was awesome it was awesome so i ran into so many people uh fortunately i recognized the bulk of them <laughs> uh, but every once in a while you know if it's somebody that took you know the art classes that i don't teach personally they come up and introduce themselves you know and, um it was really really great and uh you know huge friend of comic experience and age friend of the podcast, you know, Rich Duick, uh, was, uh, had canceled last minute, uh, New York Comic Con, um, not COVID related, but, and he said this on Facebook publicly, so I don't mind saying it, but he, he fell ill and was, was, uh, hospitalized. He should be getting out of the hospital this week, but I just figured I'd say it here publicly that our hearts go out to him and we hope he's doing better. Yeah, absolutely. So for you, the, uh, Upcoming shows, which is funny to talk about now, uh, include C2E2. Uh, are there any more that you're, uh, you've publicly talked about where Comics Experience is going to go? No. Um, that's the last one 
that's confirmed on my slate. Um, and that, so that, I mean, that takes me through the end of the year. So that's, that's good. And, you know, we'll just sort of see how, how things are going. Uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if things are going to get better pandemic wise or they're going to get worse. I you know, I don't have, I don't have that kind of insight. So at this point, you know, planning much more than three months ahead seems like I'm not, I'm, you know, I mean, I can plan on other things, but, you know, in terms of planning conventions more than three months ahead, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. I'd love to go to more shows, but I'm only going to go if I feel like uh, they're being safe and I can attend safely. You know, I want to stay safe for myself and for my family, obviously, but I don't want to get anybody else in anybody else, anybody else's families sick either. So, right. For um, sure. Yeah. Well, your uh, comicsexperience.com, obviously, place to find what's going on with comics experience related things. And I know you're still pretty active on Twitter uh, and obviously the comics experience forum. So there's different places folks can go to find out yeah. what's and, going on. And cexpublishing.com for the for the publishing for the books that we're putting out. And, um, and you can buy direct from the website if you want to have them shipped to you. And, um, and you can also just see what's coming up. Excellent. Well, if you have a question you'd like to hear talked about in the show, email info at comicsexperience.com and we will happily talk about it here. And until next time, keep making comics.